and welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of Post Game Overtime. I'm Will, joined as always with Brandon. Brandon, how are we feeling coming off the 110th Grey Cup? We are feeling very, very good. Um, I mean, it was a fantastic game. I think, uh, I mean, kind of looking back at it now, like I'm just kind of waiting for a phone call uh, from TSN um, asking for the script because the way I kind of broke the game down, how I thought it was going to go is very similar to how we saw uh, the game go right from the beginning up until the end. Yeah, man. What what a game. You nailed it, but I'm not going to give you all the credit. We nailed it. We did. I was asking good questions. Uh, and can we uh, can we get some air horn sound effects? Um, the PGO parlay hit, baby. That it did. Smashed the over, it. Smashed. The line smashed. Right? And we should we should have gone greasy and taken the Mashed. money line. You took the money line closer to the game. I came in too late, tried to live bet it. My app doesn't have CFL live betting because they're American. Um. But yeah, we uh, we fucking nailed that. What what a beauty prediction that was, Montreal. Yeah. Let's let's highlight a few things kind of right off the top here. Um, great game, great last minute drive. We love to see that the last second heroics. What championship doesn't love that? And what championship doesn't deserve that? First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, we haven't even said it. The Montreal Alouettes beat uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We didn't say that, so just so if anybody didn't catch uh, catch the game, they now know. Um, and, and also, it was surprising to me. I didn't know this going up, um, up, up, up to the game. I only found out during the game because they mentioned it probably fifty plus times. So that is that's the first time ever that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes uh, face each other in the Grey Cup game. That has never been a matchup in, in the entire history of the CFL. So I think that's also pretty uh, cool that, that that's, I mean, 110 years and it's the first time those two, two went head to head. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And that wouldn't be a big surprise in something like the NFL, but in a league with only eight teams. Well, nine now. Eight oh, for eight for the the longest time though. Potentially ten. Um, soon there there is still talks about maybe uh bringing in one more expansion team out east more. So then you can have for that who? five. Well, it, I mean, it's been kind of in the. I mean, it's been it was almost confirmed um, pre COVID, and then obviously COVID hit and that kind of the idea went away completely. But now there's kind of more talks going back to sounding like they might. Um, revisit the the idea of putting a team out in Halifax. Okay. Oh man. No, those, no, nothing's nothing's con- fan base. Yeah, nothing's confirmed, but it's it sounds like they're trying to get back to that uh, position that they were in before COVID. Because I think again, they just want to have that similarity of five teams over in the west, and then five teams over in the east. Um, that would yeah, be a nuts I mean, fan base. It, it it would be yeah like and they're they and they've even made the effort to do some games more um out out east and I mean I I can't remember where it was the exact location let me see if I can find it here there was a game earlier this year between Saskatchewan and Toronto that took place um out 
out east. Uh, oh, it, it, okay. So this was in Halifax, um, Husky Stadium at St. Mary's University. So the Riders and the Argonauts played there at the end of July, and that and the crowd there was wasn't like it was electric there, and it wasn't even like they had a a hometown team they were cheering for. They were cheering for big old Toronto, and then from Milanoa or Saskatchewan, and the crowd there was was insane. So you give them a team that they actually give a shit about and get behind and support. Like, yeah, I think that would be awesome there. Yeah, that would be huge for sure. Um, yeah, well, maybe maybe in the future we'll be covering the 10 teams in the CFL, but for now it's the nine, and the best of the nine, ladies and gentlemen, are your Montreal Alouettes. They are the 2023, the 110th Grey Cup champion. I know you said it, but I said it better. Um, mm-hmm. What a game, man. Fajardo came to play. Yes, he threw an interception, but he also threw... Some tuds, a last minute banger, and uh kind of like we called it, I think a big a big difference maker was early on in the game, uh Montreal was marching down the or Winnipeg was marching down the field. That end zone interception for Montreal, I think, could Shoot. easily go down as as a difference maker in that game. And and they needed that. Because you look back at the end of the second um, quarter, at the end of the first half there, Montreal was marching down the field. And right at the end of the second quarter, they they were like, made it clear, we're going for the, the touchdown. We're not settling for a field goal. And Winnipeg got that huge stop. I mean, pretty easy for Winnipeg because Montreal really didn't look that threatening there um, yeah, down, on the, down on the goal line. I mean, we'll, we we'll get there. I think we should. But then going back to that, uh, end zone interception that was huge for Montreal to kind of dish it back to Winnipeg and uh, steal the you know steal seven points away from them that they were hoping to get there right down uh, close to the end zone. But yeah, we we should talk about um, if what Montreal did there at the end of the yeah, first half. I don't we agree have. with that call. I think I I understand going for that. Also, something I want to comment, because they did it every time. So they would bring in on the short yardage, they'd bring in another quarterback. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. Most teams in the CFL do that. Well, yeah, look at uh, look at Winnipeg. They got two touchdowns doing that, uh, bringing in their backup to to take those goal line snaps. And like I know, I know uh, the Stampeders do that when I saw them live. Like a lot of teams do that. That's not different. What I noticed, though, is Winnipeg, when they did it, they ran it up the gut. Yeah. Didn't you notice that the Montreal guy, he would kind of do three steps to the side, almost looking like it was a option call, and then would try and find a hole somewhere else? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Like, that was that was the play they ran every time. And I understand... Like maybe, you know, maybe Montreal doesn't have the strongest, you know, tight three up front. Maybe their center and their two, uh, their two tackles or guards. Maybe, maybe they're not, maybe they're not as powerful as Winnipeg's or other teams. And I get that. Maybe you have to play around that. But to me, it felt, it felt wasted doing that and then trying to run the play with that pause like i think the power of that play is you push your center in with you pretty much 
And I don't know what the rules yeah. are, but even, you know, even do something like, you know, the Eagles are doing, do that tush push. You know what I mean? Why, yeah. why isn't every team doing the tush push at this point? But for, for him to allow the defense to get a footing before he runs in, I just, now it worked, it yeah. worked later in the game. It worked on a few crucial third and ones. I understand it did end up working. But on that goal line situation, it just it didn't feel like a great move. Now, second of all, I don't know why you're doing the same look twice in a row. I understand running yeah. the same play. I get that. You, you didn't get in the first time. You're going to try again. I understand. But would it not make sense to maybe even then put in Fajardo for that third and goal and and at least offer the defense a different look? When he stayed on the field, they're back up there. And they lined up the exact same way, gave it the exact same look. The Winnipeg defense knows what's coming. And then for him to not even run it down the gut, like for him to not just push with them, but again, Mm -hmm. do the same drop back, half stutter, look, lunge. To me, it just felt like poor play calling, but also poor play reading on the side of that backup quarterback. I don't know. I don't know if maybe that's their game plan. Maybe that's worked for them all year. Maybe that's the way they practice it. But I don't know why you're doing that stutter step on those situations. To me, it feels like a waste of momentum to do that. And number two, I don't know why you're giving the same exact, run the same play. I don't care, run the same play, but don't give the same look two plays in a row at a crucial play like that. Like, Winnipeg could pretty much guess what they were going to do. I get that, right? They knew in a third and goal situation, you're most likely going to just try and pound it in. But Mm -hmm. why don't you at least, like, at that point, get a fullback in the game, spread the offense out a little bit, give it to Fajardo, and even allow if, you know what, if Winnipeg is going to line up the exact same, have one receiver just jut out to the side and then just do a quick little jump jump throw you know what i mean like let them crowd in throw up a lob you got 20 yards worth of end zone to 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 throw up a little blooper and let him let the um let the let the receiver make that catch versus stacking everyone inside and then if you can draw people out or if then you force winnipeg to put in a different defensive package to cover that because now you have a run pass option I think then that allows you to at least get a different look going into that play. Even if you run the same play, then Fajardo can just take it and run it, run it up the gut himself. He could do that. Yeah. But but for them to give the exact same look, yeah, before they ran the exact same play, to me it just it 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 felt like a no brainer that yeah we weren't going to get that second touchdown. Now mm-hmm. was he in? I think he was. I kind of think so too. Yeah, I, think I know there wasn't a clear, definitive, definitely not enough to over show it. But I, I agree. I, I do think he was. And to go off what you say, so I got it. I got two things. So, like, like you mentioned, uh, doing like the exact same thing twice. Cody Fajardo is not. Um, I don't like what's the proper word. He's he's not uncomfortable in those situations. Uh, watching him for years in Saskatchewan, more often than not, he was kind of the guy that was was taking the ball around 
you know, the goal line. He was the guy punching it and pushing it in there and having everybody fall on top of him. But he was good at it and he wanted to take the reins and do it himself. And he did it and he was good at it. Now, I get if, you know, maybe you don't want to do it, um, you know, because of pot- potential injury. I do get that. But at the same time, it's also like when you're in the Great Cup game, everything's on the line. Maybe you got to risk it and, uh, you know, just put the ball in his hands and let him get it done. And secondly, they've also got William Stanback, who is one of the best running backs in the league. I mean, he's six foot, but he's 233 pounds and he is big and strong. You could easily hand the ball off to him and he can easily push it in there and and get it done. I mean, we saw him have a beautiful run at the end of the first quarter to to get Montreal on the board um there and and so i think they had different options they could have could have done i think literally any of those other options would have resulted in a for sure touchdown um e- e- whether you did it on uh you know you know the, the first try they did it or the second i think either way you go with either different option and they would have been fine so that Boy. was that was a, that was a big like we messed up um there but then i got i do have to say though they came out swinging to start the the third quarter i mean within a minute and a half they marched down the field and i think it was a total of only three plays three or four and fajardo threw a 23 yard touchdown pass and all of a sudden boom montreal uh immediately got those seven points there. Now it would have been better if you know they got those seven at the end of the first half but that was such a huge response from them when they needed it most so I do got to give them credit on that for for really uh, balling out there to start out the second half and, and get those points back. Well, and I think those second half points was really a make or break moment for them, because yeah. if they didn't, if they didn't, because they lost, they lost a piece of momentum when you don't score right before the half. Yeah, you don't get any points right at that point. You know, kick the field goal, take the points. They didn't get any points. But for them for them to then come right back out and make up for that, to your point, I think that was the momentum they needed. And I'm sure they went into the locker room and I'm sure they had that discussion of, all right, we didn't get the momentum push we wanted here. It is up to us to get the momentum push after. And what a way to get it, I would say. Um, Yeah, definitely interesting. And, And on your call of giving it to stand back, giving it to the running back, you know, to my understanding, like the point of the QB sneak is is the quarterbacks right there. It's kind of for that quick play mentality. It's you're not going to yeah. take that extra tenth of a second, that extra second, half a second, however long it is, for the running back to get the ball. Yeah, you just want to run it up the gut, and I get that. That being said, to what I was saying earlier, when you have that 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 stutter step that the backup quarterback was doing, where he gets up and then kind of shuffles off to the side, you are taking away the the positive of the QB sneak, but you're also nullifying that five-yard run-up or three-yard run-up that the running back has. Like, yeah. you don't have the running back's momentum because he's running from three meters behind you, so he's going to get the ball and push it. He's going to have that much more gas in his step to make that drive. Mm-hmm. So you're getting rid of that mentality by doing the QB sneak. 
but you're also getting rid of the whole QB sneak mentality of it being this immediate push. You are you are taking you are taking the worst, in my opinion, the worst possible option. Yeah. And now, I, I completely agree. If if the Alouettes had lost, we would be talking about this for hours, but they didn't. They won. So what does it yeah. really matter at the end of the day? Um yeah. because we're bitter and because we're petty, a little bit of ref ball got played. Um did did that uh that that penalty call for Winnipeg's first touchdown, what do you think? I, I wasn't a fan. Neither was I, I and I and from what I've seen the majority of CFL fans um, that that talked about it online felt the same way. There, no one was really. I even saw some Winnipeg fans be like, "Yeah, we we got away with one there." Uh, it, it was just a call that made really didn't make much sense. And even when you've got Winnipeg fans even being like, "Yeah, we," and 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 you know, I I just think that's very telling that it wasn't the right call and you kind of got to wonder why why was that call made why was that call made and why was the alouettes not called in on the end zone there hmm? Hmm? yeah and they still found a way to win the cfl is scripted yeah because i've the script because i mean I, another big thing actually um that we we talked about be- before the game and then we really saw was Montreal's defense was quite good throughout the first half. I know they did allow um uh they they did allow 17 points. I believe when was the the punt? When did that happen where it got knocked out? That would that would have been in I think that was the second quarter, no? Oh, when the Alouettes guy just shanked that punt. No, no, no. I know that one was was in the fourth quarter. Um, the the one where the that again, and this is also one that that's kind of again, people are like, why did they make that call? The uh, the the fumble off the punt where Montreal received the punt, and it was knocked out. And when Winnipeg, got, I believe quarter, third quarter, I think was that third quarter. So okay, so Winnipeg didn't score off that then. I can't quite remember, but but anyways, yeah. um, Montreal's defense was was good in the the first half, even though they did allow 17 points. The second half, I mean, they just came to life on on another level. Like they were making uh, Zach Claros's life hell out there, and the hits they were making were just big, hard hits. They were just. I mean, they they held Winnipeg to only seven points in in the second half, and this is a Winnipeg team that's had this elite offense for years and years now. You know, you could argue, you know, best running back, best quarterback, best receiver. Like they they had it all, and Montreal's defense just stopped them. And this is a Winnipeg team that's been to four straight Great Cups. Like they know how to get it done in big games, and. They've got the power to get them there four years in a row, and Montreal's defense just shut the door on them and gave all the momentum to their offense, which we talked about as well with the offense, needing to build off the momentum that their defense was uh was giving them. And and they took what took it and 
and ran with it, and they dominated the second half of that game, it really felt like. Yeah, no, uh, I think Montreal's second half effort is really one one to show. And on that, that final drive was so exhilarating. Like Fajardo going for that 15-yard run. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then not only that, on the third down to not even, you know, try and do a quick short play just to get it. He airs it out to his guy. Airs it. And and he makes a terrific catch to haul it in and keep the drive going. I mean, that was in that throw right there. Everybody knew pretty much the season was on the line here. Like for for Montreal, and, and what a what a play that was. And then you know, even you're you're starting to just think, okay, you're looking at the time kind of dwindling down to about twenty seconds, and you're like, okay, now I mean, they're probably going to just try and move the ball up a bit and you know, make sure that they're safe for for a field goal. I really wasn't thinking that, you know, they were going to take a shot at the end zone and risk an interception or something. They We just thought they were maybe going to play pass and just try and put it to to overtime where they have all the momentum. And what a pass Fajardo threw there um, to, to Tyson Philpot there to get the touchdown with only 15 seconds left. Like, Well, and Philpot, a UFC alum, yeah. Well, second year in the league, just an absolute bullet in traffic too. Like that wasn't this wide yeah. open blown coverage pass. That was a beautiful catch, but a beautiful pass from Fajardo. And Fajardo yeah. showed that he was him. Yeah, and 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 this is also um so first of all, Tyson Philpop won most outstanding Canadian of the Great Cup, and then Cody Fajardo did win uh MVP rightfully so of the game rightfully so and 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 again Fajardo his story is is incredible you know um Saskatchewan decides to move on from him he's kind of leaning towards uh retirement um there's a lot of uncertainty with the Montreal Alouettes surrounding their their ownership um eventually the league stepped in to help them out Uh, the GM didn't know what they were going to do there he brings in uh Jason Moss, who was the Riders' former offensive coordinator, they brought him in as head coach. He kind of chatted with Fajardo. Fajardo's wife even told him, like, you know, get keep going, don't give up yet. And he decides to go to, to Montreal where, you know, he kind of knows the guys in charge. Like, this was a team that a lot of people thought was, was going to be doomed for this season. And, I mean, now to say that they won the Grey Cup and they knocked off, I mean, Toronto first of all, who is a wagon all year, and then Winnipeg, the team that's on the verge of becoming a dynasty. Like, it's just incredible uh, how far Montreal came from the start of the season until now, and just the journey that Fajardo has been on over the last year. Yeah, it's really amazing. Now, do you think we see Fajardo hang him up? I don't think so. You can just, and and the reason I say that alone is just from watching or listening to all the interviews with the players on the field afterwards, basically every Montreal player they talked to immediately like went to praising Fajardo and what he's done. Like, and then there's even um, a video on YouTube or not YouTube on Twitter or X 
of Fajardo's speech to the team. And you can just see the way that this team has rallied around him and how much he's enjoyed playing football again and being a part of this organization. And I think now that he came in there and helped them get to the top of the mountain there, I think he's going to just, he's, he's fallen in love with the game again. I think he's going to stick with Montreal probably for the rest of his career. I think when he does leave Montreal, he probably um, does hang him up. But I think the way that the team feels about him, I think the way he feels about the team and where they are now, I think it's just, it makes all the sense that he'll, he'll return and, and try and run it back. Fair enough. And I don't think you would be able to blame him. Uh, do you think they, now, now we're getting ahead of ourselves. Do they have the potential to run it back? It's, it's tough because you do look at them and it's like, they're not, you know, I think in terms of skill level, they weren't in the top half of teams in the playoffs. And I mean, it's again, it's an incredible run, a, a Cinderella story, if you want to call it that. But it, it, I think the improvements need to be made. I think you can't just be like roll into next season with most of the same team and hope to recreate that magic. If that makes sense. So I think there's still the chance, but I think they have to go out and make uh, some improvements to the team. I don't think they can just rely on, on going on an incredible run again. But if you've got a guy like Fajardo there, you've at least know that you've got a, a great cup winning, uh, you know, caliber quarterback on your team, which does put you at a step above other teams going into next season. And you have that veteran presence in the locker room. Yeah. Which again is, is very huge. Very, very huge. So, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they can't do it or it's unlike, I think they very well can, but I, I don't think they can just rely on running with basically the same core next year. Kind of what we've seen from Winnipeg in terms of their, their internal core that they've built around. I think that improvements need to be made um, to Montreal's team if they want to. I'm with you. I'm with you. The big question I have for you, though. This okay. is a big one. Do Can we now consider this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team a dynasty? Four, four straight Grey Cups. Won the first two, lost the second two. What 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 would what would you classify that them as? It's a big question. I I've got I've got I've got my answer. So I think you give them. I think you give them. Here's what I'm gonna say, and I don't know if this is gonna sit well with some people. But I think I think you give them a CFL dynasty, but not a sports dynasty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think within the CFL, are they a dynasty? 100%. I would say so. I do think that. Now, if you're looking at the great sports dynasties over the years, if we're, if we're comparing them to the world of athletics, the world of dynasties, you have to look at, you know, obviously the Patriots had one of the most prolific dynasties, I would say, in sports. Mm-hmm. How how could you argue against that? But yeah, they not only were the top of the league almost every year, you know, four, 
top four in the league pretty much every year for 20 years. Yeah. But they were top four in a league of 30. Where Winnipeg has been the top two in the league of nine. Yeah. And it's a little bit like when you talk about how the Montreal Canadiens have 24 Stanley Cups. Well, a lot of those won were won when there was six teams in the league. Yeah. It's a little bit easier to be best of six. Yeah. I would say so, at least. So, I think, are they a CFL dynasty? Yes. Are they a sports dynasty? No. No, I don't think they are. What what would you say? So, and I know this isn't a thing. I wish it could be a thing, because I think this is where they fit. I think they are a... Yeah, a, a CFL Western Conference dynasty. I think the fact that they were able to come out of that West four years straight, I think is is beyond impressive. I think in terms of a dynasty within the CFL, no, because they only have two um, Grey Cups to show for it. Which, and, and again, I mean, if if they won last year against Toronto or won this year against Montreal, I think you can call them a dynasty having three and four years hell i i'll be the first to say that they're a dynasty if they get back to the great cup next year and win it all and have three and five years but i think you need to have more than just two great cups to show for it um to call them a dynasty so i think i mean they still can they have lots of time and they still have the players to to get it done and reach that dynasty status but i think you know in the next year or two i think they need to win at least one more to be classified as a as a real dynasty in the league all right i like that i like that i i fuck with that i I jive with that it's just and and um a perfect example of it is looking at the nhl in the early 2010s you kind of had the two teams that dominated the league for years that being the chicago blackhawks and the la kings flames what Definitely not. Um, but the Chicago Blackhawks are referred to as a dynasty because they had those three cups in, what was it, six years? 2010? Yeah. yeah. So they, they had three cups in six years. LA only had two cups over that six-year span. Now, they did have a lot of playoff success in the middle there, but everybody refers to the Blackhawks as that dynasty because they got that third one. And the Kings aren't because they they only got two out of it. So that that's kind of where my reason comes in for a dynasty. I think the the minimum right. number should be three, which I think is is a safe number and a respectable number because I I think uh, being a dynasty is is one of the highest, if not the highest rank you can ever have as a a sports team or a group of players in sports is having that dynasty status. So it yeah. shouldn't be something of just like, oh, Tampa Bay just went went back to back cups. That's that's not a dynasty. Now, if they won against Chicago in 2015, then you can maybe have a conversation. I mean, there was a big gap in the middle, but there's still at least a conversation um, yeah. surrounding that. But anyways. Um, All right, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, at the end of the day, fuck you, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You're not a dynasty. Yeah, there we go. Uh, But no, all in all, I mean, a a fantastic game, and I was so happy to see it happen. 
because a, a big part of what I tried to push last episode for um, many or for or for any listeners who aren't huge CFL fans is the fact that a game can go down to the wire. We saw, I mean, it was a long play. There was no way Winnipeg could go for Hail Mary there, but they they tried a punt play where ball yeah. takes a weird bounce, bounce off a Montreal guy. Winnipeg guy could have recovered it and got it in the end zone. Like it was, it, it went down to the, literally the clock was zero and it was going on. Like it was, and that's just, that's one thing I really love about the CFL is, you know, it's not a, oh, they turned it over. Let's just take a knee and run out two minutes and drag this out. It was like, even though like it was just it ha- it went down to the wire and and that's just something that makes me so happy that the CFL has uh because i think that's just awesome for the game in itself like that yeah i got to say i do like that stop time i do it's it's one of those things where it's like you can as a fan you you like mo- a lot of CFL fans don't leave in like that final 2 minutes because anything can happen we saw the riders earlier this year almost come back from a I think it was like a 17 point deficit with yeah. three minutes left to win the game because and it's not even in the final uh they have a three minute warning rather than a two mm-hmm. and and that's just something I love about the CFL is just no game is is set in stone decided done until the clock actually hits zero or it's like a massive blowout so yeah yeah. Um I do you have anything more to um count on the game? I, I don't have anything left other than that. No, I think I think that's everything I had to say. I know and we're doing a short one this uh this week. So do we want to just do a quick run through some NFL and then I got some clown action? Yeah, let's do some yeah, let's yeah, we yeah, we'll touch on some NFL here. Uh um, a lot lot of big games. I mean it's the Thanksgiving uh Thanksgiving weekend for the NFL, so it's kind of a whole, whole big thing for them. So we got to give it. Uh, I was going to talk on games past, but we can talk about games future. Just two well, we things do, on the past. We can also, yeah, we can look at games past. Just real quick because we we don't have a ton of time here tonight. Um, I'm sorry, I work early tomorrow. It all all good. That's right, no folks. Buy a lot of Dobby so we can quit our jobs. Um. Bengals Burrow's out for the season. I think that's Burrow. Uh, that's the Bengals season right there. I think without Burrow, yeah. they're pretty much toast. Lions, um, not a pretty win, but a win. I think they continue their dominance. And on that note, with the Lions winning, 49ers winning, Bills winning, Broncos winning. Well, that was a fucking gross one. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles winning so what do you say to chiefs fans all across the world right now other than get a player that can catch yeah, a fucking I mean, it, pass yeah that, that's really what it comes down to um although that that roughing the passer on mahomes late in the game was a crock of shit he jumped and got pushed mm-hmm. yeah i i agree i, I mean yeah, the, yeah like it, it's mahomes really he has travis kelsey and that's about it he is wish.com rob gronkowski i I will say though still looking at the chiefs they just got to be like licking their chops right now thinking about though because and and again i know i'm like no you know players or teams or fans ever wish injure on someone but if they're looking at now like 
what have been the two thorns really in their side in in kind of the the big Mahomes era is the Bills and the Bengals lately. The Bengals now don't have Joe Burrow, so they're kind of out of the equation. The Buffalo Bills are six and five. They're not even a playoff spot right now. And Josh Allen, like, I, and again, I know people love him, but he is not looking like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like he has those great flashes of offensive brilliance, but he's also thrown 12 touchdowns or 12 interceptions on the season. Yeah. Like he is averaging over an interception a game. And that's just something that he'll, he'll get feasted on um, in the playoffs. And, you know, for the chiefs, I mean, it's really like, I mean, there's still a couple teams like the Jaguars, I think are probably still a step or two away. Uh, the Dolphins, maybe. Um, the 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 Ravens, I think, are probably the biggest challenge for 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 the Chiefs right now over over in the AFC, and then the NFC. I mean, is just a whole uh, cluster. I think there's lots of teams that that can easily come out of there. I think the Cowboys have the chance. Eagles, Lions, uh, 49ers. So. I mean, it's it's opening up over there in the AFC, though. Like, if 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 that struggles that Mahomes kind of showed there at the end with his receivers and his receivers can't getting it done on a great pass as well, though. Oh, like you know, three great maybe, passes. Maybe it's maybe it's looking like it's something like the Ravens could could come out of the the AFC. Yeah. I also want to say... Um, I just don't want to see the Chiefs in it, man. Fuck those guys. I, I mean, I'm not like a, a Chiefs hate or anything. I'm more I more so just... I, I just want to see... I just want to see something different. Now, um, the one thing I had said, because I wanted to ask you, because a lot of people have been, been on, on two different sides of this. So we know that last night, the, the Eagles and the Chiefs played mon- on Monday Night Football. When you were what like I don't or or just knew known about this game, did you think of it more so as a, a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, or were you going into mindset thinking like this is a preview for this year's Super Bowl? I honestly thought it could be both. I don't know. I don't know if the Eagles can make it back, but I think the Chiefs have unfortunately, because I'm a hater cemented themselves as one of those teams much like the Patriots where every single year barring significant injury you can expect them in the Super Bowl. I don't see who beats them. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't yeah. know who beats them. Yeah, and that's what I, and that's the thing over there in the AFC like it's it's it, again it's, it's a weak like division. You know, if you have a a healthy Joe Burrow and you got a flying Bengals team, if you had Josh Allen balling out like he has years past you know, those are two very scary teams to add in the mix with Baltimore's look good. But with the Bills and Bengals out, like it really opens it wide open for the Chiefs. Whereas yeah. the Eagles, to get to the Super Bowl, you probably have to knock off, uh, not 100% for sure, but you might mo- might likely have to knock off two of the of the three being the Cowboys, 49ers, and Lions. And yeah, that's, a, like, that's a tough a tough stretch only just to get to the Super Bowl. And then you still have to win that. Like that's a tough, that's a tough battle for any team 
uh, coming out of the NFC, not just the Eagles, but like all of those teams, it's it's going to be a dogfight to get out of that. Close to impossible. Um, and you so, even have Josh Dobbs cooking with the Vikings. Like they they could, Josh wow. Dobbs could be a dark horse. You don't, you never know. Maybe Russ is the dark horse. Who knows? Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed. No, uh, it would be fun to watch. That's for sure. Just the memes. Um, okay, I think there's a lot of favorites. I don't know if we're going to see an upset that's going to ruin it for us, but do we want to throw together a little PGO Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving weekend parlay? We got the Packers and the Lions. We got the Commanders taking on the Cowboys. We got the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Dolphins taking on the Jets. Like those are all three or four like safe locks. Well, we've we've had some favorites falling out on us, and it doesn't give us good odds. So, do we get funky with it? Do we get a little? Do we get a little slutty with it, and uh, and take a few spreads on this action, or what? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I do think the Forty ers should be able to cover seven against the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, I think the Cowboys should be should be able to cover that being said will they let's let's look um, at a little history i mean if you think about it, like the giants just did that against the commanders and the commanders were going in as a pretty big favorite yeah like cowboys tommy should De- be able to cover eh? tommy devito went in there and got sacked nine times yeah. and still threw for 246 yards three touchdowns like the giants of all teams cooked against the commanders so i don't see any reason why the cowboys couldn't all right lions pack a far better team and have a way better defense yeah lions packers um i think this one might be closer than people give it credit for i think the lions are a dominant team but i think the packers have showed an ability to make games uncomfortably uncomfortably close and the Lions have showed an ability to let games get uncomfortably close. Like even against because right now I believe the spread is seven and a half. The Lions against the Bears was only a five point spread whereas the Packers were able to beat the Chargers the week prior. uh, Yes, Packers lost to the Steelers which isn't a good look on them. But the Lions only beat the the Chargers by three. And that's what I'll say about this Lions team is uh, and not close. taking anything away. Like they're great. Like they're eight and two. They're yeah. they're first in their division. They're just one of those teams that is that's not gonna go up and do what Miami did and throw up 70 points on on the Broncos. The Lions are going to be in nail buddy close games. But they find a way to win those games and make the big plays when they matter most. So I'm not, I don't want to take, you know, the Lions to cover. I'd rather just take the Lions um, straight up. Just because I think it's going to be a close game, but the Lions still, they just, they find a way to win. Yeah. I wonder, do we, do we go real crazy with it and take Packers plus seven? Could do that. It's probably better odds. Oh, it'd be crazy odds. It'd be real good odds. I'll tell you that much. Um, That might be the way to go, actually. 
if that's what you want to do, I will. I will. No, join no, you. I'll take lines. I'll take lines. Money line. Let's save because I want to win this one. I want to win this one. Okay. And then Dolphins Jets. I think Dolphins can easily cover ten. Oh yeah. Against a Jets team that has no idea what their quarterback situation is anymore now. Like as good as their defense is, you know. That that offense is just kind of a, a mess right now. So, and Miami's sick. Like, what what more is there to say? And everyone's everyone's healthy for Miami, right? As far as I know, yeah. Um, the only one I'm a little questiony on is, and maybe you're gonna laugh me out here, 49ers Seahawks. Okay, what are you thinking? Do the Seahawks have an ability to make it close? Uh, Are we going to see? Because right now we're betting four teams. Yeah, we kept the lines out of it to be safe. But we're essentially betting four teams to all cover an aggressive spread, to be fair. Because the Seahawks beat the Commanders. I know we Mm -hmm. talked about how that's not the biggest uh, feather in your cap. Yeah. But the Seahawks, yeah. okay, they got blown out by the Ravens. Never mind. Um, this 49ers team has looked good as well since, you know, they went on that little skid, but then they also brought in, in Chase Young, who, who looks revived there. Brock Purdy has been, been balling out. Chris McCaffrey is doing his thing. All right. I say we take him to cover. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. All right, folks, that is your PGO parlay for the week. We got the Lions on the money line. We got the Cowboys covering 11. We got the 49ers covering 7 and the Dolphins covering 10. These are big spreads for big picks, big parlays, folks. That's right. That is plus 785 odds, and that is the PGO parlay. I really do think they have the ability to cover. I think this parlay has the ability to hit. It's going into Friday. We got three games on Thursday, one game on Friday, and I am feeling sexy. Yeah, I honestly couldn't have said it better myself. Could not have said it better myself. Um, we'll pl- we'll put out some preliminary picks maybe later on in the week for the rest of the games. Maybe we'll try and come at you on a Saturday midday episode. Uh, we'll have to kind of see what our availability looks like. But other than that, do you want to hop into a little bit of clown action? Oh yeah. You know Before I do. Before we do that, uh, folks, we would like to thank our amazing partner for this episode, Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy, they've been with us for a while. If you've been listening, you've heard it all before, but we're going to tell it to you one more time. It is the jitter-free, crash-free energy formula that you know and love and that we have been partnered with for quite some time. If you want to try Dubby for yourself, you hop over to any of our social media links you click those links in our bios and that's going to take you to the website through our portal so they know that we sent you and you're going to use three simple letters. That's right, P-G-N-O, three simple letters, P-G-O, at checkout for 10% off your entire W order. Thank you, W, for partnering again for another amazing episode. And we mentioned our social medias to get to that link and our social medias are at Post Game Overtime, uh, my bad, at P-G-O Show, on Instagram and TikTok at PG Overtime on X or Twitter and at Post Game Overtime, Post Game One Word on YouTube. You click the links in those bios, it's going to take you to our link tree and it's going to get you where you need to go, folks. 
Thank you so much for supporting the pod as always, and let's get into a little bit of clown action. Let's do it. Let's what do, do you it. got? What do you got, Brandon? What do you got for us? I got two. Um, I'm going to throw two. the floor to you because I think the one I have might be one of the ones you have, and I don't want to take it away from you. So I'm going to let you you kick us off here. All right. Um, so what, what, what should I start with? Should I start with the great cop? Or should I do CFL clown or NFL clown? Oh, okay. You don't even have mine. Um, start with CFL. Yeah, well, you know, we'll go tit for tat here. Okay. CFL clown is, and not that we are any woke uh, activists here, but we are going to throw on potentially Green Day. Yeah. They yeah, uh, dropped an F-bomb in the Grey Cup finale halftime show. Well, technically dropped drop two. Well, yeah. So they dropped, they, they did say fuck. We can say that. They said another F-word we're not going to say because uh, we're not Green Day, so we're not going to get away with it. Yeah, And they also said a whore. Now, was I sitting there clutching my pearls going, my goodness, they said fucking whore. No, I wasn't. But me and Brandon did talk about it a little bit. We looked it up a bit, and fines can go up to, now this is from the FCC, so I do believe that is the American, um, but fines can be up to $325,000 for incidents of swearing on television. So... However that looks, uh, that's a whole lot of cheddar if they do get fined. It's not looking like they get fined as there have been absolutely no reports coming out about it in the following days, which has been interesting to see. Again, not that I think there should be. I'm not sitting here saying boo on Green Day. I thought it was a great show. It was was a good show, actually. I thought they did really good. I liked the new song they opened with, The American Dream is Killing Me. It was a great song, and then they played a lot of their hits. Um, no, no complaints from me, but, uh, yeah, no, that was a great show. They're on the report because it is, uh, interesting to see that happen. All right. What's your, what's, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it back. I don't even know if I'm going to call them clowns. They did their music. They're not clowns for having those words in their music. Um, I think they will be clowns if they get fined $300,000, but as of now, it's not looking like they are. So, you know, I, I retract my statement. Green Day, you ain't clowns. You're a couple of punk rock superstars. Yeah. And and honestly, I don't know. I wonder if maybe it's just we got some weird off feeds or something because I don't, I just, I'm not seeing many people talking about it. And with the one word that we can't say, I feel like if, with that being said, I feel like there's just so many people that would be all over it. And there just really wasn't. So I, I think it's something that is really kind of went under the radar. Um, or, or maybe there's just a lot of people that didn't tune into it because they they didn't care for Green Day. And if so, fair enough. But yeah, as I far as it looks, say, I, don't, I don't think any fines are coming their way because I think we would have already heard about it by now. Or at least that something was going on. But I also think if you were watching that, you're either a Green Day fan or a CFL fan. Yeah. In which case, you don't care. Like, you think about the Super Bowl halftime show, everyone's watching that, even if you're not an NFL fan. Yeah. I don't think you're watching the Grey Cup halftime show unless you're a fan. Yeah. So, maybe maybe yeah. the viewership numbers are the real clown here. Yeah. Brandon, who do you got? Well, I mean... We, we got to throw them on here. Uh, 
from the Boston Bruins, your your beloved oh, bees, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. Milan Lucic. Yeah. Um, is, is this is this a clown or a piece of shit report? Well, it's, yeah, you can make yeah, exactly. I I think um, I think clown. Yeah, I'll I'll let you do it, and then I'll give clown, my take. clowns being clown is us being nice about it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair that's enough. Our, that's a nice way of of what we would like to say. Um, not not Green Day things, but but other things. Uh, I mean, like yeah. I mean, for for those, I mean, I'm pretty much everybody's kind of heard. Oh, no, tell him what they did. Tell him uh, what he did. But uh, Milan Lucic was arrested. Um after his wife called the police on him, uh, you know, saying that he was pulling her by her hair, choking her and officers that arrived on the scene. They did say he, he did cooperate very well. Uh, he didn't resist, put up a fight or anything. They did say he appeared to be drunk. Um, so, you know, I mean, and a guy like Lucic who's been in lots of fights we've seen in the past where players who have had a bunch of severe blows to the head mixed with alcohol. Normally, it doesn't end very well. This is the same case for Lucic, who is, is now, um, you know, he's not a part of the Bruins organization for the time being. He has stepped away. The Bruins aren't commenting on it this time. He is, you know, going through the whole process of of this now. So it's kind of an an ongoing story that we'll, we'll, we'll come back to at some point, I'm sure, once, you know, more decisions are made. But I mean, again, like just the the way that it's looking, it it could very well kind of spell the end of Lucic's career in the NHL, which would be um, a shame because it was a I, good I, career. Yeah, and I think in today's age, it's just you know if there's even a an, a shred of evidence proving that he is guilty. This again, we're not saying he's guilty, non guilty. We are a third party just talking about it. Um, but if there's even a shred of evidence that proves that that he is guilty or that he did something, especially the Bruins who, you know, already have were under major controversy after they signed Mitchell Miller. And then after the backlash, they did release him, Yeah, you know, and as much as Lucic has loved in Boston, like he was there for their cup in, in 2011, he was a, a fan favorite. He's returning for kind of a farewell tour. And this is the way it goes. I, I just don't, I think if there's anything pointing to that, he's guilty. Um, whether or not he's convicted or not, I just I don't see the Bruins uh, welcoming him back, and the fans I, I don't see welcoming him back. Yeah, for sure, and and I think uh, it is important to say like we we he's being accused of domestic violence. Yeah, because you said pulling hair and choking, and well, th- those are those are, Brandon, is, are what is reported. Let me tell you, I think we've both done a bit well, of that in our lifetime. That, that's again, that's 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 a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not no Lucic about it. Yeah, uh, usually I'm asked to do it. And uh, and again, it's if if and we can assume that he was not asked politely to do it. Exactly, and and I mean, if if these things are true, yeah, I mean. If they're we, if we they're don't, true, don't know. if they're true, I think we're being quite generous, just calling him a clown. Be like, hey, stop yeah, beating your wife, exactly. you goofball! Isn't exactly. it so clown and silly that you beat your wife? Like, yeah. yeah and there, I also saw that. reports of something that it started with like he thought that she took his phone or something, and then things escalated. That's I don't know if that that's oh, so true. That, cheating on her, but. Well, 
Who who was it in the the NFL draft the one year where his girlfriend like had his phone, he immediately like snatched it back. Yeah, Can't remember who that fuck. was. I, I want to say it was CD Lamb, but I'm not sure if it was. I think it was. I think well, I remember it that because that, that everybody like everybody caught that, and I just I thought that was that was so funny. That was the biggest ooh he cheating moment. He's got um, that dog in him. But he got that dog. Uh, now speaking of NFL, you you have an NFL clown. You said, yeah. So this one, I'd say, is the biggest clown, true to the name clown. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to reach for my. There we go. I'm reaching for my phone here. So Clarissa Thompson, ladies and gentlemen, she came out on a podcast. I believe is a Barstool Sports podcast. Um, and said that as her time, so for those who don't know, she was a CFL or NFL, my bad, NFL sidelines reporter. And she mm. has come out and said during her time, she would make up uh, reports. Yeah. Now, uh, she got dunked on pretty hard by the internet. Now I'm going to dunk on her a little more because she came out with a statement and she goes, um, okay, let's address the elephant in the room. I have a responsibility to myself and my employers to clarify what is being reported. When on a podcast this week, I said I'd make up reports early in my career when I worked as a sideliner and reporter because if I, before I transitioned to my current host role. Working in media, I understand how important words are, and I chose the wrong words to describe the situation. I'm sorry. I've never lied about anything or been unethical during my time as a sports broadcaster. In the absence of a coach providing any information that could further my report, I would use information that I learned and saw during the first half to create a report. For example, if a team was 0 for 7 on third down, that would clearly be an area they need to improve on in the second half. In these instances, I would never attribute anything said to a player or coach, I have nothing but respect for sideline reporters and for the tireless work they put in behind the scenes and on the field. I am only appreciative and humbled to work alongside some of the best in the business and call them my best friends. So, I'm not going to call her a clown for that apology. I'm not going to call her a clown for even saying she made up. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to call her a clown for. I think she was clout chasing. I think she was trying to be cool. I think she was trying to go, yeah, I made it up. You know what I mean? I think she was tr- I think she was trying to sell herself a little high, and that's what I'm gonna call her a yeah. clown for. I think I think she's probably very right on that. I don't think she ever fully made up reports or fabricated to bet a lot of reporters in the NFL do that same thing of if they don't get a coach or something, they will they will kind of make their own report like that. It's called reporting. Yeah. Um, you report yeah. on what you see. If you don't have the coach, you don't say it. I think the way she said it, I think was a little clout chasey. I believe um I, I, I'm, I would agree. I'm pretty sure it was a Barstool podcast. I want to look up the exact... Because um, my thing is just like, what what does she benefit from coming out about it now? Really? Like... Well, I think she I think she looked cool to... Well, exactly. And, that, and it, again, I think that's kind of why you're right. Because I, I just... 
aside from that, I just don't see any reason for for her to come out about it other than to uh, what like gain attention that she's maybe not getting or try and reach that next step or just have everybody think she's cool. Like again, yeah, it's, I just I don't fully see the reasoning behind it. So I, I think you're right. Yeah, I and I'm trying to find out what podcast it was on. Um, I I would have have no idea. I didn't really look in into the whole whole thing much. Um, is is that where it was was first reported? Um, well, that, she said it on a podcast. Okay. Um. I'm not, I'm not seeing anything that that says what what it was on though. Part of my take. Part of my take. Oh, okay. Um. No. Wait. 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 Well, that is that is. Yeah. That's barstool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was on a barstool podcast. I think she was in the barstool offices. She was with the part of my take guys. I think she was wanting to be cool. I think she wanted to 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 probably get a laugh to get some clout and for that you're a clown. Not for doing your job as a reporter, not for doing what you can early on in your career to get the good reports out because I think that's all fairly common practice. I think you're a clown for clout chasing on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And and I think out of the report, I think she's kind of the most true to the name clown out of all three of them, because one is an alleged monster, and the other's like, a, eh, we'll see, we'll see what comes out of this yeah. if they get fined or not. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Um, no, not really. I mean, the only other one I could kind of throw on there. I mean, not really clown to me because it didn't impact me in any way. Um, but I know Steelers fans are rejoicing over it, but the Steelers have fired their offensive coordinator, Matt, Matt Canada, Canada. who yeah. is, I mean, if you're a fan of the Steelers, one, I could call him a clown. I'm not going to call him a clown because it didn't affect me in any way. Um, but you know, I'm going to call him a clown. I kind of throw that out there, that little, that gonna, little tidbit. I'm going to call him a clown because I think three weeks ago there was an audible that led to a game-winning play and it looks like he pouted about it. Oh, really? Did you? Okay, I'll send you the video after that. About three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, uh, end of the game, there was an audible called on the field that led to a game-winning play and he looked very displeased that his team just won a football game or at least scored a touchdown. Huh. Because it wasn't his play. I will also say, though, if you're the Steelers... Firing Matt Canada doesn't solve the problem still because you do still have Kenny Pickett at quarterback, and he is not the guy. He is not the yeah, guy. If you think he's Mac the Jones. guy, I was going to say, if if Steelers fans think that Kenny Pickett is the guy, then Patriots fans think Mac Jones is the guy, and they clearly don't. So, Do you think Mac Jones could win comeback player of the year? No. No. He has as good of an odds of winning comeback player of the year as Josh Rosen does. Like it's, it's not, not in the cards. But with that, I have no more clowns. Um, really, the only big one 
was Lucic, which again we'll kind of uh, come back to at some point. Uh, whenever yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that more more comes out about it or or anything is is decided in stone. But until then, we have no clowns. Until then, we love you, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and look at us being consistent. We'll catch you either on Saturday or sometime next week, folks. Thanks so much, and have a good one.